0: And now, from beyond our dimension, this is the Jeff Mara Podcast. Here's Jeff. My guest is Rex Fentgeld, who during his NDE experienced multiple realities, parallel universes, and infinite dimensions. Rex, thank you for joining me and Welcome.
1: Hey, and thank you. Appreciate being here, Jeff. Appreciate it a lot. Thank you.
0: Well, if you don't mind, let's start on the day that you fell and go from there.
1: I've been a martial artist for about 30 years. You know, I've been an instructor for probably around, I guess, about 17 or so. And um, I still train under a wonderful old master. He's 86, going on 87, named Willem de Tours. And, and the art's called Kuntowski Lot de Tours. Wonderful, incredible art of moving energy, as we call it. And um, the day that I fell... Um, we, had a, we always train early in the day. I was always on Sundays and starting at 7 a.m. Because my background is that of a nightclub and concert promoter. A lot of my night life was at night. And so a lot of times I go to those Sunday morning classes with no sleep. I am mean, gonna have these events that would go sometimes till 5 in the morning. Got to be at class at 7 a.m. So you can do the math. There's not much time to go to sleep so I would go home splash water on my face grab an energy drink or, or some tea or something with caffeine and um, go to class for a couple of hours and they were some pretty tough classes and normally after class I'd go home and, and go to sleep and sleep sleep uh, during the day for whatever reason we had a wonderful high energy class I was still feeling really energized when I got back home and I like to jog and and you know do other forms of exercise as well and climbing is one of my forms of cross training and um, so I went for a jog and went by was one of my favorite trees that I climbed many, many times. And understand, I mean, living in Colorado, I loved I, I don't do it anymore, but I used to climb rocks and love to climb mountainsides. And, you know, anything that you could climb, I pretty much would climb, including trees. So if you're wondering why a grown man was in a tree, that's basically why. Um, but that spring was a very dry spring here in Colorado. Typically, that's when we get most of our moisture. And um, so I was climbing, like I said, a tree I'd been in dozens of times before. And a couple of I, I mean, I, I was doing my usual kind of training thing, but at the same time I was being careful. I wasn't going fast or anything like that. But a couple of branches broke underneath me. So one branch let go and I went down and went to grab a second branch, it broke and it dropped me all the way with nothing in the way. There were nothing that broke the fall. I just went straight down to a concrete bike path. And this is all in my records. It's in a first responder report, police report, medical medical records. Everything I'm going to say is all in the records. This is how I know because I don't really remember much of this. Uh, but I went down um, purportedly 26 feet and that I hit concrete head first. And it was a miracle that there was anybody even in the park that saw me fall because when I ran, it was, it was a chilly day. There was hardly anybody in the park. And um, so I... I I, one, of the, one of the many complications that I had, in addition to traumatic brain injuries, I had, of course, massive bleeding on the brain, but I was also bleeding in one of my lungs because I broke my broke a bunch of ribs when I fell, broke 20 bones total. It just happens to be there were a couple of high school girls walking through the park some 75 plus yards away from me. They weren't even close to me, that just by chance were watching me climb the tree and saw me fall. They're the ones that called the authorities and pretty much, I think, saved my life right there, um, because it, had they not called the authorities, I probably would have just bled out on the path. I would probably wouldn't have lasted the hour. Needless to say, authorities showed up and got me to the hospital, where in which case, I'm not quite sure when I went into the coma. Um, I was not induced or anything, but I basically lapsed into a coma at some point. where anyway, I stayed there for five days. And... Um, from what I understand, and again, reading my records and of course, talking to my doctors, it sounds like when I got taken to the hospital initially, I contracted pneumonia. They put me on a mechanical lung. Um, It was a whole big thing. And apparently anything that could have gone wrong did go wrong the first night, first couple of nights. And then, and apparently it was thought that I wasn't even going to make it. And then the thought was if I did make it because I had so much bleeding on the brain and so much pressure on the brain, that usually when somebody has that kind of bleeding, they usually come out of it as a vegetable or very severely handicapped. Now I do definitely have my issues and I am definitely my no stretch of the imagination of mine like I was before. There's definitely issues like migraines and fatigue, brain fog, but I also, my brain doesn't work as well. In some ways, it's kind of an offsetting thing or in some ways, like I used to have a photographic memory. I don't remember things very well anymore, especially if it's more linear information. You tell me a phone number, Give it about three seconds and it's going to disappear in my brain somewhere. Give me an address. Try to give you some directions. Forget about it. I mean, give me that three seconds and it's going to disappear in my brain. I won't remember it. So that part's very frustrating. Um, but yeah, so basically speaking, you know, I, I, I broke like say 20, 20 bones. Some of them were my vertebrae. I think I broke like eight ribs. I broke my pelvis in four places. I mean, I literally had to relearn how to walk. Um, I, I had to relearn a lot of things. Even when I woke up out of the coma, it wasn't like I came out of the coma like, oh, hey, it's great to be here. Um, I I didn't remember. I still don't even remember waking up. I have very spotty memories of the first week after waking up from the coma. It wasn't until probably a week plus later that I finally fully understood what had happened and that I was in a hospital. And from there, it was a matter of reconnecting with memories, reconnecting with myself and, and starting to try to just get the brain back online as it were. So I went through not only just a lot of you know physical therapy, there's a lot of cognitive therapy as well to get 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 the brain working again. It probably took uh, the latter part of a good couple of years before like all my memories came back. It took a while. Um, thankfully they did. I mean, I remember my, I, I'm still me. I'm a very different version of me, but I'm still me. I remember my, I remember my life before. And um, I think I have pretty much most of those memories and the people that I knew before, I remember everybody, my relationships, my friendships, you know, my my family, and all of that. So, but again, it all took some time because even uh, you know, it took me a couple of years. I, I I've been through a lot of surgeries, but the most of them, the bulk of it, was the first couple of years after I fell. And I remember I didn't have any social life at that point. When I started to get back out and see people a little bit, um, again, having been a DJ before, having been a nightclub and concert promoter, I've always been a pretty sociable person. Um, so when I started to see people, it took a little while, I would see somebody and be like, I think I know this person, I think I think I should know them. And it wouldn't be till we started to talk. And we started to talk about something from the past. And all of a sudden, the light would go on. Thankfully, the light typically went on. Um, but it was a lot of that of like rediscovery of like, wow, I, don't, I know these people, I don't remember, don't remember who you are right this second. Um, but just give it a few minutes, and I would remember. And that went on for another probably year, couple of years. In fact, even going again, eleven, almost twelve years later, I still have those moments sometimes where I run into somebody I haven't seen for a long time, and it takes me a moment to go, like I know I know you, I know we have some history, and and it takes a few, but the light finally goes back on. So all that stuff took took, seriously took some time to come back online. Um, It's been it's been a it's been a rough journey, and even even nowadays, I mean, I, I I'm still not entirely okay. I still talk like I'm still healing. Uh, we don't have to dive into all the, the hardships of now. I'd rather keep it, you know, the the, the positive side of it, because there is definitely a positive side to this NDE for sure. Um, but my health issues, I mean, in some ways, I've kind of gone backwards in this last couple of months. And it really is a struggle. This whole traumatic brain injury thing um, is, is, I mean, anybody that goes through TBI of any kind, um, and I know they're all different, but I mean, anyone else that's, that's dealt with this or is dealing with it, I mean, it's, it's a profound thing. And it does definitely change your life. And you're definitely never the same after that. And, um, and sometimes they're very unpredictable. You don't know where they're going to go. Sometimes you're feeling like you're going to be okay and you're coming kind of coming out of the woods a little bit. And then other times, like I've just gone through these last couple of months, I feel like I've taken like five steps backwards. And you know that's the unpredictability and kind of the, the frustration of dealing with something like this. You know, I do have doctors I see. I've got a neurologist I see every other month. And um, she's wonderful and is always trying to find different ways to help me manage the pain. And, and she's even commented to me that, hey, listen, you know, even with the burst of TBIs, um, the worst of migraines that there are people that literally, and, and this is what's crazy about TBI that can just wake up one day and it just, and it all goes away. So, again, the brain is something that for all of our medical advancements, we still don't know a lot about the brain. You know, even my neurologist will say, you know, again, again, for, for all her years of study and all of her experience, the brain is still a very unpredictable thing, and you just you can't you can't always predict, you know, anticipate what's going to happen with it. So I hold out hope that this this stuff stuff will help eventually pass for me. And I work hard at doing, I take great care of myself. I eat right, I still exercise and work out. Obviously as a martial artist, I'm not fighting or anything like that anymore, but I still do the training. I still do the workout part of it. Because as I said, I also broke 20 bones in the fall. And plus I had a lot of injuries prior to the fall. So I've got a body full of arthritis. And so I, I hurt all over basically. But if I keep moving, keep working out, keep stretching, keep doing my whole routine that I've done for years, it helps a lot. So. Um, that part of it's been very challenging, but getting into, you know, I think what most people are more interested in is the near-death experience part. And in my case, I, I wasn't, as far as I know, I mean, some people have, you know, died for 10 minutes. Some people die for an hour um, and sometimes even longer. I hear some really incredible stories of people that, that literally died and, 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 then, and then came back from that. In my case, I would say mine is instead of a death experience, I think maybe we should break it up because some people have had full-blown death experiences and come back. Mine was definitely a near-death experience where I, you know, according to my records and what I gather from my doctors, you know, my heart went into fibrillation, I went into tachycardia. And if it stopped, it probably just stopped briefly. I don't think it stopped for any real length of time. But regardless, the reason I know I had a near-death experience is because that actually came from one of my doctors. Because a couple of months later, I was like thinking about what had happened. I was out of the hospital a couple of months after getting out of the hospital, thinking about what had happened. And I've had all all these visions, all these sensations were coming to me that I never had before for all my and I was really bad off with my migraines and all the post-traumatic brain injury symptoms were really bad at that point. But I was having all these incredible visions and all this and I've always kind of had a little bit of uh, a fascination for like astronomy, cosmology, quantum theory and stuff like that. But I found myself, as I watched certain videos and read up on certain things, understanding it like I'd never understood it before and getting these ideas and visions that were coming from things that I was looking at and reading and getting into my spiritualist side of as well, spiritual friends and talking to them about like, you know, the divine, you know, God, goddess, existence and things like that. All these things kept coming to me and coming to me and I'm like understanding on levels like I'd never imagined I could understand. And, you know, one day I'm seeing seeing, a, seeing one of my doctors uh, and I'm just like, and he, and he he, was there for all the stuff. He was there for me from the beginning. So he saw the whole thing happen from the time I was in the coma, the crashes, all of it. He saw all of that. And I said, okay, doctor, and it's like, in your opinion and your professional medical opinion, would you say what I went through could be considered a near-death experience? And without hesitation, he goes, yes, definitely. And with that, I'm like, oh, you know, of you know, course that light went on. <laughs> wow. I had a near-death experiencer. Yeah, I had a near-death experience, sorry. And and before that, again, it's all the videos I was watching. And just because I was curious, I watched a couple of NDE videos of others that had had that that, that kind of experience and starting to realize maybe I did too. So when he said that, all of a sudden I dove, just went right into the deep end of the pool and I wanted to hear everybody's story. I wanted to hear as many people as I could talk about it as I was trying to come to grips with my near-death experience because at that point it was really fresh and new. And all these visions and all these sensations were, were just, were very overwhelming at times, amazing on the one hand, but overwhelming on the other, is I'm sure, I'm, as I know many end to ears will say, my empathy is like, like exponentially like off the, off the scale now. Uh, my sensitivities are off the scale. I mean, um, my, my intuition is just off the scale like it's never been before. And and, that's in the, and for anyone that that's been through this, especially when it was brand new to me, I mean, I was constantly overwhelmed and not understanding why all these emotions were hitting me. In some ways, I almost felt like a like a like an adolescent child dealing with all these feelings and sensations that I didn't know what to do with. Only in this case, I'm an adult dealing with near death experience kinds of sensations. Um. So so that that's kind of what brought it home for me that oh my gosh, I had a near death experience. And then then I started to get involved with going to NDE groups here in Denver and um you know even getting online and just finding any group that i could just you know listening to seminars and listening to talks and eventually i started doing to start doing talks and i made the decision back then that i want to reinvent myself i want to reinvent my life there's a lot of things from my past i really was not proud of and Certain things that I did as I was becoming more and more sensitive, even b- before the NDE, because my my the worst part of my past is a long time ago. By the time the NDE happened, I was a productive person, working hard, had a career. And I'd like to think basically a nice guy for the most part. You know, I was known as a guy with a bit of a temper. Um, You know, again, I was hanging on to stuff from my past that I couldn't quite maybe get past. Um, I was carrying, you know, a certain amount of, I guess you could say, dislike for myself as a result, some guilt and some shame, things like that. Um, the NDE in the process, process of my personal reinvention helped me to let go of that, helped me to learn how to forgive, not just forgive others, but also forgive myself, and also be able to learn to take those what could, were very, could be easily construed as very negative experiences and let them be a source of inspiration for me to be my best self in the present. And also a way to relate to people that also going through those kinds of experiences, maybe in their lives, maybe at this time to say, hey, I can relate to you. I can connect with you. And hey, maybe take, take a moment to listen to what I have to say, because I've been there too. And if I can make this transition and shift in life, so can you. And no, it does not require a near-death experience to make that shift. You don't have to go through what I, I mean, in my case, I'm a very, I've always been a stubborn kind of a person. And it seemed like for the divine to finally get through to my thick head at the time, it needed something that extreme to happen to me to wake up. And, and I'm going to contend you, you don't need that to wake up. It's already a part of you. It's a part of me. It's a, the most natural, most inherent thing within us because we're talking about our soul. And I mean, you know, the, the, the source of love, the, you know, the source of life itself, the source, the mind that gives rise to creation itself. That So that's inherently within everyone. It's not like you've got to have them. You can have, do it through meditation do it maybe even through martial arts, depending on the kind of martial art you train in and your attention behind that kind of training. Um, or, or, or do it through, because I guess, sure death experiences. You hear of out-of-body experiences that don't necessarily involve having to be near death or dead to come back and have that and, and come back with this kind of knowledge and insight and information.
0: Let me ask you this. Did sure. you wake up from your coma immediately with the memories of what you experienced on the other side? Or did these <laughs> memories come back to you later?
1: Well. I came back and I even remember being in the hospital. Like I said, it took about a week before I even knew that i fallen and that I was even in a hospital for that matter. Um, but I immediately had these sensations that, that were, were incredibly comforting. I mean, I could already feel this very deep sense of love within me. And once I started to come to terms with what had actually happened, um, I actually had a very positive attitude. It wasn't very often that despite what had happened, the trauma of what happened, that I let myself get negative. I mean, like I said, the first week was a big time struggle, but eventually I snapped out of it, you know with the help of one of my therapists and, and doctor and family. But once I did, I started to realize something was different. I didn't know, not until I talked to the doctor a couple of months after I got out of the hospital. Then he said, Rex, you definitely had a new death experience. When all of a sudden I focused on, okay, all these new sensations, all these new visions, there is something to this. I had a new death experience. And that's when I started to really put together and, and really just focus on, okay, what did I experience in that new death state? Because of all the sensations and things that I was understanding. And Yes. So in a, in a matter of speaking, yes, I, I had the sensations immediately, but I didn't really understand them. I just had these incredible feelings of profound love that was ex- I experienced as part of my NDE, of course. And as I know, virtually every NDE out there has that same sense of that pure love. I hear it described all the time. And I definitely had that right away that I already felt. And it took a little time for me to like understand it and come to terms with it and then start to really explore it because at first I wasn't, I didn't know I had a near-death experience. It wasn't something that somebody said, "Hey, buddy, you, you 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 almost died right there, and you know you 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 know you had something happen while you were under." And and the thing is, I did. And as I started to, like I said, process this, that's when I started to realize, okay, this information, and I kind of touched upon it already, and you touched upon it in the introduction, that in that near-death experience moment, um, and people ask me all the time, "Well, how long was it?" And I don't, I can't say, I don't know how long it was. And I don't even know when in the coma that it happened. I mean, time in this, at this point, time was timeless. I mean, it it was, I didn't have a a sense of linear time at that moment, didn't even have a sense of my own body in that moment. Um, All I could say is the feeling, the sensation was that of just a mere moment. But in that moment was the knowing of everything, the all of everything. And in that moment, the way I describe it, the way I I think the, the best way to describe it is, is to say that for imagine the expanse of the universe, whatever it may really be. I'm all about talking about multi universal existence, but whatever that expanse may really be, imagine that all at once. And imagine, like I say, time in a, in a, in a timeless space, meaning past, present, and future exist all at once. I mean, it wasn't nothing. I mean, in this, I guess we could say if it was nothing, in that nothing was everything. <laughs> so, and with that, imagine parallel universes, multiple realities, any probability and possibility in existence, every timeline in existence, all at once. And with that, imagine just infinite dimensions in that same moment, just all at once. And then the basis of that was the most pure sense of love. And I want to explain it like this. I was not experiencing love. I was love. And in that moment, I wasn't feeling alive. I was life itself. And also in that moment, I wasn't thinking. There was no there was no real thought process. I literally was the thought, the mind, the imagination. It gives rise to creation itself. And all these possibilities all at once, just in that moment. It was just, just, just knowing. And in that moment, I, I, I was like, there's some part of myself was like, I just knew I was coming back. I knew I wasn't going to die. There wasn't like there's was a choice being given, but it just is, is, I mean, just being one with divine, being myself, being the divine in that moment. And then coming back from that, I'm realizing I'm just, you know, as a, as a person, as the person that I am, Rex, I'm just one part of that divine experiencing, experience, experiencing itself through every one of us and through everything. You know, if the divine is truly all-knowing, that's why. Because the divine is the experience of the all of everything. And I also describe it as both dark and light all at once. And everything in between. But again, it's important to notate. Because I, I, I see love as permeating everything. It permeates the dark even. It's just, it's just a dark part of love. is love gone very twisted. The, the, whatever individuals you might want to term as being in their darkest spaces. And living and in, in, in doing maybe horrible things in this life. Um, typically you know people talk about apathy and i understand that's part of the equation here in the experience but somewhere in that apathy is a very twisted sense of love that brought them into the space of just not caring anymore or brought them into a space of maybe volatility and anger to such an extreme they carry it out in these horrible horrible ways and it made me realize love is everything and especially the part of it we all love and whether you identify with is that light part of love that part of love that is healing it can heal anything and everything and everybody given the chance, because love is the most powerful force in the universe. And love at its best brings us to our highest level, to our best level, to our best selves, that state of ultimate fulfillment, that state of ultimate being. And even the darkest of the dark, they may have a long, long, brutal journey home, but all souls are born at home, born in the light, and all souls being born in the light will eventually find their way back to the light. That's just my feeling. And I understand not everybody, but may, may may not agree with that. Hell is not forever. I mean, I mean, that, that's not love to me, but love is a space that we put ourselves into more than a divine being saying, okay, you're going to get cast down there. I mean, we are, we, again, we are the divine. The divine is within us. We are within the divine. The divine is within us in some way, shape or form. Again, again, as a human being, we're surrounded by all these influences. But I also learned, again, this is just my take on it, that your entire life, your entire existence is part of who and what you are. I mean, whatever you can imagine, whatever you can conceive is part of you. The Mayans have a wonderful expression. It's basically, they used to use it as a salutation, like a, a whole, a means of saying, they as just saying hello. It's like namaste, Puro vida, and can express it like that. It's basically, in that catch it's simply translated as I am you and you are me. That means we're both, we're all extensions of each other's consciousness and conscious experience. So I've learned that my being is not just myself, Rex, but my being is the all of everything and I'm a part of the all of everything. And so I don't ever assume that I don't affect somebody even on the other side of the world. I believe in the butterfly effect. The idea that the, the flapping wings of a butterfly here can affect a cyclone halfway around the world. And I think life is very much like that. We don't always know what the ripple effects of our actions might be, whether the actions are something that's maybe negative or considered dark, as you, if you will, or something that's beautiful and light and helpful, something loving. Those ripple effects go out all over the place and we don't know. Even that person you just see at the convenience store, you just held the door open for and put a smile on your face and said a quick hello to, you don't know what that did for their day. I mean, maybe it was just a simple and innocuous experience that you know just came and went, but then it might have been that moment where, Maybe it, it helped them. Maybe they were in the middle of some deep state of crisis. maybe there's some deep state of, of, of wondering and exploring some thought process and whatever reason that little moment just sparked something inside of them that knowing affected and impacted their lives. But of course they have fam- friends, they have family. and who's to know what effect it had on them and then what effect those individuals had on other people and so on and so on and so on. I mean it, it, and its just and it can very much work like that. and I think it works like that more often than maybe we realize. Um, so, so yeah, simply put, I mean, I I've just learned that our being is not just the body. It's not just ourselves. And as a person who's been alone loner my whole life, who's, you know, spent a lot of my life alone and on my own and, 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 and perfectly content to do that because of the kind of life and upbringing and whatnot that I've had. And that's a long story. Don't get me wrong. I had like a beautiful, amazing mother. She was fantastic, but she, I was only 22 when she died, but there's a lot of my life, especially after she died. I mean, I, I, was very much just on my own. And I was very content to do that because I did, you know, like a lot of people who take that mentality towards life, um, you, you go that direction because you, you feel let down. You, you don't want to depend on anybody because they're just going to let you down anyways. And 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 I was somebody who kind of felt that way. And I felt like, too, hey, I'm stronger on my own anyway. And one of the biggest lessons coming back is that, yes, one can be very strong on your own. And believe me, it takes a lot of strength to be somebody who, you know, builds a business on your own, works on your own. I had partners and I had people that helped along the way for sure. I definitely had some good people. I don't want to take away from that. There are definitely some good people along the way for sure. But at the same time, like I said, I mean, if I had a problem, like even, you know, the love of my life, you know, had, had, had died in 2002. I wasn't reaching out to people to be there for me. I would do that by myself, you know, and even when my mom died, yeah, family was there for a little while. Um, I don't have a lot of family necessarily, but even after that happened, that I seemed to have kind of got kind of just left on my own. And even a couple of times that I reached out to people they said, Hey, listen, you know, I'm not doing okay. I'm really not. I'm not doing so great here. And, you know, it was kind of like, Hey Rex, but you're a strong person. You'll get through this. You'll be okay. And and, and, I, and I didn't engage much more than that. And maybe I should have, but it's like, you know, no, I'm really not okay. I'm kind of crashing and burning pretty hard right now. <laughs> and I was, but coming back, I've learned the greatest strength is through love. And, and what I mean by, by that is that connecting and sharing and allowing yourself to be vulnerable, that's the true strength. Allowing yourself to, to need people, and I don't mean in a needy context, like I can't exist without you, I can't be without you kind of thing. Is It's more of allowing yourself to, to have that vulnerability and say, no, you are important to me and I am comfortable saying that you make a difference in my life and I appreciate that difference that you make in my life and I don't wanna lose that because if I do, it will hurt and it will break my heart and, and that's okay. And sometimes at the heart it's still going to happen, but um I find myself strong, stronger coming in and connecting, and there's no question, and I, I think most people will agree with this. We're definitely stronger together than we are alone. For however strong you can be as an individual, and we need strong individuals. You got to be strong as an individual to really truly love. It takes strength to love and love and that light, beautiful, healing, and, and you know, in positive kind of a way. And and that's what I focus on now. I mean, that to me is the ultimate strength. And I've noticed that for all the strength it took for me to be the loner guy and do things on my own and get through things on my own. This is the greatest power. This is what requires the greatest strength. And, and love is and part of it is, is that is that love energy. When you're feeling that love, love gives you that strength. It takes strength to love, but then love gives you that strength. It's very reciprocal in that way. Put it out there with love and love comes back, right? You know, if you people that talk about law of attraction and and some of those ideals, which I do believe in, I think it's more complex than sometimes people kind of present it as is very dynamic in that regard. Um, But at the same time, there is something to be said about, you know, those like you put those energies you put out, you know, especially if it's love, the love comes back. Love wants to, that's the most natural state of our being. That's the most natural experience we can have in this life is through love.
0: After experiencing these other realities, do you feel like we live in a dream world?
1: Well, yes. In fact, my, my favorite quote is Edgar Allan Poe: "All that we see or seem is but a dream within a dream." And I absolutely believe that. I mean, this is this is you know, the dream of the divine. You know, it's the dream of the soul we're going through. It, it doesn't make it any less real, if you will. And I don't see it as an illusion. It's all, I mean, as real as we make it. And and I think there's illusory qualities. the experience for sure but at the same time the dreams are all very profound and even the dreams we dream at night when we sleep um those realities to me are just as profound and just as integral just as infused in in what we might call the waking reality and yes it is it's all a dream but but not not to be made light of because it's a dream it's an experience we're having and it's a very and dreams are very real and, and Depending on how you dream at night, and and I'm a very vivid dreamer, I don't sleep very well because of my TBI. But at the same time, when I do have nights when I sleep well, my dreams are very vivid, very in color, and just as profound as anything I experience in the waking life, if you will.
0: Do you fear death at all?
1: Not at all. I embrace it. Um, I'm very much at peace with it. Let me just be clear I don't want to die like right this second because I really, if I'm going to be here despite my challenges and some of the limitations I experience, if I'm going to be here, I want to do something amazing with this life. I want to have experiences that I've never had before. I want to experience love like I've never experienced it before. Sorry. But but no, I, I look forward to that time in, in the sense that I'm at peace with it. If I went to sleep tonight and I didn't wake up tomorrow and I was gone, I'm at peace with that ideal. I will go home Feeling love, feeling peaceful, and knowing that I did my best, and hopefully along the way, somehow touched some people in a positive way. Would I like to do more in this life before I go? Definitely. I have dreams, I have goals, and I hope to get to achieve at least some of them before I finally do go. But I'm very much at peace with it. And, and there's a part of me that, you know, it longs for it even because I, I, you know, it's, it's home. Again, the most natural space of, for the soul is, is to be home.
0: What kind of advice would you give for people who have lost someone and they're grieving?
1: I would say, Embrace the grieving, and I understand how much it hurts. Just because I had a near-death experience doesn't mean I'm exempt from grieving when somebody I love dies. You know, my mother died, as I said, when I was 22 years old, and I still miss her dearly. Because of this near-death experience, however, I've got to become I'm able to connect and contact with beings beyond this realm. Include my mother is a part of my life now, and, and she I can kind of think of her as one of my guardian angels at this point. But it doesn't mean I don't still miss the big, the big mom hug. Sorry, I get emotional when I talk about this. The sensitivities, I'm not kidding. I'm, the sensitivities are off the hook for me these days. But I still miss my mom. I mean, my mom is a soul being now. She's not, I mean, I still see her and I envision her. I can still see my mom, the person that she was, the human that she was. But there's no substituting hearing her voice. Putting my arms around her and getting that big hug. And you know the times that we spent together. You know the memories are fantastic. I'm glad she's with me, and I can feel her. She's with me right now. Um, But it's certainly changed because she's moved on. But at the same time, you know, she's you know she's still with us. And just because somebody's moved on and come home doesn't mean they can't still be with you. You don't have to let go per se. You know, somebody who's just, especially if they've just passed, and this goes for somebody who's been gone for thirty plus years, like my mom has. If you're grieving them, it's one of the ways we honor that person because when you grieve you're you're going through all those wonderful memories you're remembering them again you're remembering what it felt like to hug them and be with them and hear their voice Remember even how how they smell and everything and if you feel like in your in your moments of grieving maybe that song comes on the radio and it's like your takes you right into one of those really beautiful special moments and you feel like they're with you right now i could feel you i could totally feel you it's because they are that is real they absolutely are and take that moment to embrace them inside, you know, imagine them hugging you, imagine you hugging them, imagine what that feels like, because that's really happening in the moment, when we talk about the idea of that, you know, all we see or see is but a dream, and then a dream, that is part of the dream, they're living in a different part of the dream space now, they're in a different part of the dream, but these dreams are all infused, and we're all still infused with each other, because we're all still one soul, and just, just know that, they're with you and it can be 20, 30 plus years. And it's okay if you don't want to let go per se, cause you don't, you don't have to. I mean, if that's what resonates for you, then fine. Let it go if you have to. But a lot of these experiences, we don't necessarily get over per se, but you'll learn to live with it. You learn to make peace with it. And if you just keep yourself open and, and just let yourself just, again, that, that spiritual part of your being, just stay open. They're with you all the time. And anytime you want to reach out to them, think about them, be with them, you can. So if you're feeling it and you think they are, it's because they really are. And I, that's my biggest advice. Don't, don't resist that. Don't think that, that you have to do anything that feels unnatural. Just go with what is completely nat- natural. And don't feel like you have to rush through anything. Let, let that process take whatever time it's going to take. And if it takes a while to finally make peace with that, finally come to a point where you can start to be happy in life again, that's okay. All I would say, though, is be very careful not to turn it into wallowing and self-pity. That's the, That's the danger here. You don't I mean don't want it to go there because if that happens, then you're stuck in this horrible negative space the rest of your life. And that to me, that's not that's not loving yourself. That's not loving the person that passed. That's that's that, that that's very hurtful, it can be very damaging. And I think if anything, it can be a distraction to that. So let it stay in love, embrace that, feel that, but do it in, in in that in that sense of, you know, if even if they're gone, you may be crying like crazy, but let let yourself feel the happiness of of feeling them with you. And I think that's that's the that's the that's the healthy, the healthy, positive way. That's the loving way to, to, to work through this. And, and again, it's okay to be connected to that and hang on to that because a lot of your loved ones are going to basically become your one of your guardian angels moving forward, anyways. And and, and that's how I look at it, because I mean, especially somebody that was like a partner, a husband, wife, boyfriend, girlfriend, even that that special dog or cat that you really absolutely love that was just so close to you and fits so you know intimate in terms of the loving relationship that you have. Um, your parents your brother sister best friends um you know let them stay with you let them be part of your life let them be part of one of your guides and guardian angels it's okay you know it really is and when it comes your time yes i understand sometimes we go some really difficult ways maybe it's cancer or uh, maybe it's you know uh, you know maybe it's heart conditions maybe it's you know, any kind of number of things that you know it can take a long time for the for the body to break down But hopefully in that process, you've got, you know, some people around you that are loving you, that are supporting you, that are caring for you and helping you on that journey and crossing over. Because when you do, there's nothing more beautiful. I mean, you're you're coming home. Seriously, I mean, even if you have guilt in your life, shame in your life, things that you've done in your life, just understand, you know, that period of passing over, you know, there's potential for even life reviews, understanding, coming to terms with, but just know you're going home. You're gonna, you know, I, I prefer to say coming home rather than just going, I mean, you're, it's just, you're coming back to what is inherently within you already, because I mean, essentially we're already home already within ourselves because again, we're just coming back to our truest form of self, which is the soul.
0: Before the podcast, we were talking about you being a musician. Did you hear anything on the other side? And if not, are there any elements of your NDE that show up in your music?
1: During the moments of my NDE, there was no nothing physical about it whatsoever. I had no sense of my body whatsoever. I was literally just a state of just pure being, pure thought, pure mind, pure love. Um, so I wouldn't say, and like I said, and it just kind of happened in a moment, but in that moment was the all of everything. So I can say that the music was in there, but it wasn't necessarily something that was conscious in that moment because I was more conscious about the all of everything, this, this moment of just knowing and being. Now, what's been happening since I came back is I've been having a lot of these visions about the nature of existence itself. I'll address the music in a moment. Now understand, I have these ideas about um, this like gravity's relationship to a multi-universal existence and what's called the unified field. So, If you're into those kinds of sciences, you'll kind of have a sense of what I, what I mean and I won't dive too much into it here. But in doing so, I'm thinking it's possible that I'm explaining what dark energy is. I think it's possible that I can explain at least elements of what dark matter is and how it actually works works, and relates to the nature of the universe as we know it. And a lot of the discoveries that are coming out right now coincide with and are very much a part of it I can, that, are, that I can see a relationship with these ideas. It's tough because I'm not a scientist. I'm just a guy that hit his head really freaking hard and had a near-death experience. But, I, but I'm understanding the nature of existence itself. And so these visions are emerging as time goes by. And as a human being, like any human being, I got to process these visions and think about them so I can put them in the context in some way of being able to understand them as the person that I am, and also being able to explain them and express them to others in some kind of a meaningful way. Now, getting to the music, <clears throat> excuse me, getting to the music, um, I've been a DJ my whole life. So mixing music and you know making people dance, things like that has been a part of my life for, since I was about 16 years old. Um, and as a result, I love music. I've always been a huge lover of music. I love everything. There's not a genre of music out there that I can't find something that I like. And it may come as a surprise to some people when I say if I have to pick one genre that really is my favorite genre, it's probably classical. I love symphonic music. I love big orchestras. I love choirs. And I love that whole energy. And I, and, 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 and having said that, most of the music I write is electronic. <laughs> Um, partly because you know I became an instrumentalist very late. I'm a percussionist. I sing a little bit. I play a little guitar, and I seem to be a natural at these things. I'm not going to say I'm like great. I'm not a virtuoso or prodigy necessarily, but what's been kind of crazy is writing of music. You know, to answer the question, has been a very divine experience. Um, I, been with the help of some friends, I acquired this really incredible piece of software called Ableton, and allows you to literally write music on it, but also mix it and master it. So people that that are using it are experts at it. Can literally take the, the take the, the songwriting process, the song making process, and go from the, the the core beginnings of just writing the piece to getting it ready to be released on you know on the radio. Get it literally released ready so you can put it on the radio, on Spotify, or any number of these streaming mediums. So it's high quality sounding, not just hopefully a qual a good quality piece of music, but also has high quality sound to it. So some of these pieces of software, like Ableton, are really incredible that way and it's really expansive in that in that regard. And with- when I first acquired Ableton, I didn't plan on writing music. I mean, I assume like anybody else, even though I've been playing in a band, but, but been playing with samples and and becoming a percussionist and, and doing things kind of a, a little bit more of a simplistic level, that's what opened the door for me initially. and I didn't even plan on that. That happened very unexpectedly as well. It's like, you know, in fact, the lead singer, my friend Katie, I think I mentioned earlier, she she even commented, I think it was maybe a year, a couple of years ago now, it's like, wow, Rex, the universe really wants you to be an artist. I'm like, I think it does. I'm I embracing it because my the rest of my brain doesn't work very well, but my artist's brain is working extremely well. So what I'm getting at is when I started to write music, it happened very accidentally. Um, I was initially, you know, got to a couple of just classes um, that a friend of mine put on just just for a group of friends. He just wanted to just teach, teach Ableton. And um, it, just, it was just a couple of classes, just enough to help me maybe write a beat and maybe just go to the library and start exploring instruments and just hearing what all these instruments sound like. And one, one day I decided... It was right around Thanksgiving weekend of 2018. Um, I decided, you know what, let's open up Ableton and um, let's, let's find a cool sounding tone. Because as I say, I don't sleep very well and I do like to med- meditate and have other mediums that I like to do. Um, I use what's called binaural tones or binaural beats. Are you familiar with those? Yes, they're pretty. They're all over YouTube and, mm-hmm. and they're just these beautiful tones. I mean, like anything, you've got to find what works for you and what doesn't. They're not all like music. You like some of them. You don't like some of them. But I found tones that work really well for me that helped me sleep. I found tones that helped me to meditate, helped, I, when I even, you know, I wrote a book. I've got a book out. So when I was writing, I found tones that I would listen to while I was writing because it just was helped really center me and put me in these really wonderful spaces. So I thought, you know, why don't I see if I could just create a cool sounding tone? Let's just find an instrument that I like that has an interesting sound to it. And I'm just going to pick one note that just, again, whatever, I, did, I, I, did, I have no music theory experience whatsoever. You know, I had a little choir in high school that does, doesn't really lend itself to writing music, however. But but I just found an instrument that was cool. I found a sound that is, okay, this is a, a note. I, I don't remember what note it was, but it's, okay, this sounds good right now. It resonates right now. So let's just go with this and see what we can do with it. And, um, or see what I can do with it. And, and all of a sudden, I, I just get this tone going and I, and I get it on what's called the uh, first of all, so it's on, on session view. Then eventually I moved it over to what's called um, um, I can't see it. I can't remember the day. I can't remember these darn names, but it's a, it's a part of Ableton that actually lets you like write, you know, write the music. Um, oh gosh. Anyway, there's my brain failing me when I trying to come up with this linear information. But anyways, it's it's, it's it's a part of the part of it that they can just like set up as long as you want. So I just lay this tone down, made this really, really long, long note, and just so I sat back and started listening to it. And I thought, okay, well, it's not uncommon for people that do this kind of thing to, to use other instruments and see if I could find a couple of other instruments and sounds to go along with this to add to the sound of the tone to make it more distinct and more unique. And so I did that, came up with a couple of other things, same note, <laughs> same everything. And like, okay, this is sounding kind of cool right now. And, that's, and from that, I thought, you know what? A thunderstorm sounds, because as a DJ, I collected samples. I had all kinds of like just samples, everything from dogs barking to thunderstorms. To, to you know, to explosions, to to um, just random voices and, and just samples of all kinds of different sounds you can imagine. I just have been collecting, collecting for years. So I thought, you know what? I got a bunch of thunderstorm samples. Let me find one that sounds good and see if I can lay that on top of this 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 tone that I'm making. And I did that. I'm like, ooh, that sounds really cool. All right. And then I thought, okay, I can make beats. I, I, at least that's one of the most basic things you do on Ableton. I think almost anybody that opens up Ableton, the first thing they learn how to do is make a beat, which is you know usually just, just a couple of bars. It's nothing long. And Like anything with a beat, you can make it repeat as long as you want to. So I'm like, all right, let's find a simple little beat. But I don't want to put it at the beginning, but I'm going to like about halfway into this tone. I hit it about, I don't know, six or seven minutes long at this point. just just something you can just kind of sit back and listen to and just lose yourself in a little bit let it be a journey and i'm like you know let's put the slow light little beat on it so about halfway into it this little this beat starts i'm like wow that sounds cool all right i think we're getting something here and then from that i'm starting to hear melodies in my head i'm like okay it's simple nothing complex so i found a different other instrument yet and wrote a melody that went with the tone and I'm like, okay, I have a pretty good ear. I don't have like training at all, but I have a good ear that I can like I can tell what's in tune and what's out of tune. So I put it on there. I'm like, oh wow, this is really, really cool. Okay, I won't go through the entire process, but I put about another probably half a dozen layers on, on it, different instrument layers, different melodies, you know, just different, diff- just different things. And just kept adding to the piece and adding to the piece. And in a couple of days' time, I went back through it and I'm like, oh my goodness. I am writing an entire piece of music right now. So I went through, through and kind of just moved a few things around and structured it in a way so it flowed right. Because if I'm if I'm the person listening to this piece of music, what would sound cool to me? And so I literally wrote this piece of music in a couple of days. So it was Thursday, that Thursday night, I think I started, like I said, it was Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. I started that night. And then by that Sunday night. I'm rearranging this thing and realizing, oh my goodness, I just wrote an entire piece of music, and it's cool, and I like it, and I can't believe it's, it's, it's like it's, it's actual music. All these different parts and all these different melodies and different things that I had, they were, they were all different, went together. They synced up really nice. It synergized like beautifully, and I'm like, I can't believe I just did this. So with that, I realized, okay, I, of course, I had a big cry. I started crying because I couldn't believe I actually wrote a piece of music, and then um, <laughs> sorry, I do this crying thing a lot anymore, but Um, and then I thought, okay, now I got to make a sound good, but I'm not an engineer. I don't know anything, anything about mixing and mastering, but I like, you know what, I know it sounds good so I started playing with I've watched some videos and I started getting some ideas and um and went back started like dropping on like reverb and some compression and doing equalization um saturation all these different little components that go into writing music and there's more you know depending on what's appropriate for the instrument and of course you've got the master track you've got to work on as well to, for the whole piece combined so I started getting into all this stuff and I'm not tech savvy at all my My tech skills disappeared when I had the traumatic brain injury. Like I say, those certain things I I don't remember well, like computer stuff. I used to be really good on a computer. Now I'm terrible on a computer because I can't remember half this stuff. And for whatever reason, it's, it's just hard for me to understand at this point. But Ableton, for being as expansive as it is a piece of software, for some reason, it was very intuitive for me. And I took to it very naturally. And so not only did I start writing pieces of music, but I also started to be able to visualize how I, how I needed to make it sound good. And it didn't happen overnight, mind you. The, the whole production part of it has taken the last four years. I would say is you know, over the last four years, learning on my own, I've got pieces of music now that are you know getting very close to being release ready. The only thing missing for me is I don't have a music studio that has studio quality audio resources to listen to to make sure I can hear all the nuances in the music so I can correct anything that's wrong with the music so it does sound the best that it can sound and be release ready. But considering what I have to work with, I've got my track sounding really good. And At some point, I'm going to need to find a way to get into a studio, just take my laptop with me and just plug it in so, so I can hear things you know, at a studio level and get this music tweaked to where I need to tweak it so it's truly release ready. Um, but I'm doing it all through universal vibration. You know, Tesla said it best when he said, if you want to understand the nature of the universe or secrets of the universe, think in terms of frequency, secrecy, uh, vibration, and energy. That's probably more of a paraphrase, but that's basically just... It's all energy, and it's all dream, and that's, and that's what I'm seeing, and, and I'm, I'm going into these spaces, and I feel like I'm actually channeling universal flow when I write this music, because I don't even know what key anything's in. I literally got to this point now where I visualize something in my head, I visualize music in my head, even sometimes when I sit down and just open up Ableton, I don't even know what I'm going to do, but then a vision forms, and I make it, and same when it comes to the mixing and mastering part of it, I can't explain it. I'm not an engineer. I can't explain it like an engineer. I can Explain what compression is. I can explain what saturation is. I can I can explain how equal equal equalizing something, eqing works, as they say. Um, but it's gonna it's gonna be in an analogies and metaphors because I don't, I'm not an engineer, I don't I don't understand it like that, but I can visualize the frequencies. As as one of my friends said a little while back, you know, and I, and I remember we we're going over some stuff, I'm like, oh let's and I made the comment, let's see what it sounds like. And he looks at me and goes, You see music. You want to see see what it sounds like? Like, yes, I actually, not do I just hear it, but I'm actually visualizing and seeing it in my head as well. But don't ask me to explain it because it's not explainable in the context of a regular physical reality. It's definitely very abstract, yet at the same time, very organized and very synchronistic and very synergistic where it all makes perfect sense to me in my head. <laughs> um, but, it's, but it's hard to explain without using metaphors and analogies. So yes, um. Everything I'm doing is is through divine flow. And I'm literally just this, I just open myself up to that universal flow. <clears throat> and it just comes to me, not just the music part of it, but also how to make the music sound good because I'm seeing the frequencies in my head just like I'm seeing the music in my head. Because I'm literally seeing it all in frequency, you know, energy, vibration. That's how I see everything in my reality now. It's all It's all vibration, you know, all energy, all frequency.
0: Well, you'll have to definitely reach out to me once you publish your music so we can listen to it.
1: I've got your email. Like, I'm happy to send you some tracks and give you an idea what some of the stuff sounds like. You know, some of it's just simple. You know, basically just straight up dance tracks. But some of it is what I call electro symphonic soundscapes. I'm writing full blown symphonic pieces of music. I'm um, using a, a combination of traditional instruments, you know, orchestral instruments with electronic sounds. Um, sometimes with beats and bass lines. So, what I'm writing is definitely very unique, and it's definitely influenced by a lot of my favorite artists, a lot of my favorite producers. But at the same time, it's coming out is very much my own kind of thing. Um, but I'm happy to share with you. I'm happy to, you know, know, I'll think of it. I've got some stuff I'm gonna do here today. So maybe tonight when I get in, um, I'll send you some tracks and just get get an idea of what what I'm doing and kind of, you know, where, you know, get a sense of that universal divine flow. In fact, I've got three pieces of music that are what I call my angel tracks, because I infused with with this beautiful, incredible angel being that, um, brought me this beautiful music. You know, one of my favorite stories is most of my experience with these, with these beings is very much with with that soul self. It's not necessarily experiential in a physical context. So I've had physical experiences with soul, or even you know ghostly kind of beings, if you want to you know go there. But I had an experience with this angel being that was actually auditory.
0: How did that happen?
1: Because I'm very heat sensitive, and because I'm very much a night owl. Even now, I'm a day sleeper pretty much. You know, um, and partly because that's just the only way I seem to be able to get consistent sleep. Um, but especially in the summertime when it's hot. Um, I like to get out and I go jog and go walk and I'll do it at night. And because I'm a night owl, sometimes it's might be three o'clock in the morning that I'm taking a nice, you know, four or five mile walk, um, you know, through, through the neighborhood. And, and this been one of these particular nights I was out and I'll, and, and i and to be honest, just because I've had this new death experience and just because I've had these visions, doesn't mean this life has been easy. Sometimes I'm very overwhelmed by things. And like anybody else, sometimes things don't go the way we think they're going to go. And, uh, know um, and, and i'm not where i thought i would be 11 years after this new death experience so i was going through my own form of the existential crisis and you know wondering why i'm still here especially with all this amazing information um, all these things that i feel like i'm supposed to share and all you know all this, this this capacity to love and not to mention being in the most peaceful centered space i've ever been in, in my whole life and just and struggling with you know why am i why is this life still so hard why is it that every time I turn around, I feel like, you know, there's people that say, I love you, and then putting daggers in my back, you know, we all go through that, you know, I'm not, I'm not exempt from any of those kinds of experiences. And i had been through a series of those and, and just struggling with the heartbreak, and just trying to understand, you know, why all these years later and why I'm in the, the clearest, you know, most beautiful space I've ever been in. Why you know that those connections aren't being made, or why I still keep attracting these kinds of experiences to my life, and feeling a little bit frustrated, like you know what, this is this is where it's at, and there really is nothing for me here. I'm as I said, I'm at peace to just go to sleep right now. I'm I'm perfectly fine to just do that. It's okay. And I thought to myself, you know, I, I want to I I have these dreams and I want to fulfill them. I really do. But if, if that's not in the cards for me, that's fine too. Then just let me go. And I was having this big existential crisis I was going through, and. One night I'm taking one of my long walks, it's three o'clock in the morning or so, and I'm hearing this melody, like like, like I can hear it, physically hear a melody, like somebody's whistling, and then it kind of transitions into a, like a humming. And it was a very beautiful melody, very dark, very somber melody, very sad melody, but also very, very beautiful. And I'm, as, as somebody who's a, you know, at this point, I was composing music. And I'm like, wow, that's really cool. I would almost like to, you know, I mean, I, I would love to use that and put it, turn it into a piece of music. And I thought, well, it's somebody else's. I don't want to obviously take somebody else's melody. But as I keep walking up the street, I'm still hearing the melody. So I understand that the street that I'm on has got houses on both sides of me. It's dark, of course, but through the trees on, on, across the street and through the trees, I, I can see the occasional like patio or porch light on in somebody's backyard. And so because I'm from, you know, I grew up someplace like Detroit and there's a part of me that's still kind of street. I'm like, well, I'm not going to go walking into the trees and go seeing what's going on. I don't know what's in there, even though I'm in a pretty, you know, pretty nice, you know, comfortable, quiet area. Um, you know, I got houses to my right as I walk up to the street, but across the street to my left, um, like I say, it's just trees and, and there's houses behind the trees and the occasional light, but I'm walking up the street still. And I'm probably like a good quarter mile up the street, maybe even a half mile at this point, And I'm still hearing it. I'm still hearing this melody and I'm thinking to myself, okay, is somebody walking through people's backyards and jumping fences and the like, you know, keeping pace with me with this, with, with this melody. And I stopped and I looked around. Okay. I got to go see what's going. I, I didn't want to go through the trees and look at, see what was back there, especially if someone's back there, I want to bug them or or scare them. Um, but I'm looking around everywhere. I can look. there's nobody else around me. I'm, I'm sitting under a street light right now. And, um, and I guess I can still hear this. And I thought, okay, because of my experiences with beings, with spiritual beings, angel beings, and whatnot, I thought, you know, I, I should do the kind of check-in thing that I do, and see what's really going on here. Maybe, the, maybe this isn't, even though it's an auditory thing that I'm hearing, I'm hearing this, having this physical experience. I'm mean, like, kind of check in, if you will, and so I did, and it hit me really strong. There was an angel being that was that was humming, that was that was singing, if you if you will, and she was having her own form of crisis. we know, we know stories, you hear it in the Bible and and, and other texts and and other stories from, you know, that, you know, uh, that, that angels, like, like any of us, angels can fall. You know, we hear those stories. We, we understand that even the most purest and most beautiful beings, they too can fall. I mean, especially if they're being as part of this experience, because angels, you know, are spiritual beings, guides, you know, call them ascended masters, what have you, whatever terms you want to use for all these different types of beautiful beings that we may experience. They have the ultimate forms of empathy the ultimate forms of compassion and love and feeling and they feel everything we feel you know in the most powerful of levels and, and i can understand that even as a human being with this crazy empathy and this crazy intuition all the things that are going on in the world i feel every bit of it and yes it can be so overwhelming and it can definitely make you feel like you know feel helpless and what do you do because there's so much of it how can i make a difference to anything does it even matter and i could feel she was having that same kind of crisis i was having and as soon as I noticed that, I felt that all of a sudden I had this, you know, I'm outdoors no less. And I had this incredible, like really powerful scent come over me. It was really flowery. My favorite scent, my favorite taste is cinnamon. And all, and I guess this, it was the most purest, most incredible scent of cinnamon, flower, kind of a flowery cinnamon, if you will, that was just coming over me and wafting over me. And with that, I started to walk again and she was still humming with me. And, and this, this scent, this feeling was stayed with me all the way back to where I uh, to the place that I was staying at. And I decided, okay, now it's like four in the morning or something like that. And like, I'm getting a little bit tired, but before I go to sleep, I got to write this melody because I could realize it was, it was a gift from this angel. And so I wrote the melody when I got home, thinking, okay, when I get up, you know, the, the next day, whenever when I wake up, cause later that cause it was four in the morning, later that day, I guess I'll get up and I'm going to write the music. I'm going to write the rest of the track, which I did. So, but when I got home and I got inside the place, that scent of cinnamon, that flowery scent of cinnamon was really powerful. And that was like, it felt like it was all over the house. My roommate was upstairs sleeping. And um, I, I know there's no way he he didn't cook it. He wasn't making anything at three or four in the morning because he worked during the day. And um, like, oh, so I just, again, just further affirmation that this being was with me. And we were now infused. Our energies were now very much fusion, we're, we're interacting with each other on this very deep conscious level. And of course, now I got tears flowing down my eyes the whole bit because it was just so beautiful, and, and and she was so beautiful, just so powerful, and so just—I mean, I didn't know the I'd come up with the words for it—but it was just a magnificent, truly a magnificent experience. You know, not that I had you no know, had touched beings along the way, and and I touch beings all the time. I have many, many relationships, not just with human beings or beings of this earth, but also these kinds of beings. And she's still with me. She's still with me all the time. But anyways, when I get up the next day to go write this track. Um, she, she was with me so I wrote the rest of the track and it wasn't at this point she wasn't giving me the, the notes I didn't have a melody anymore I wrote the melody already and 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 but we wrote the rest of this track together it was like an infusion of our energies and this is what came out as a result of the infusion of energies and so there was this piece of music is called Broken Hearted Angel and one hand it's a very dark kind of edgy kind of a piece but at the same time it's very very angelic and beautiful very typical very appropriate if you will not typical but very appropriate to the melody that was coming through and very appropriate to the feelings that we were both experiencing as we were both again going through crisis and, and maybe I, I, both of us on the verge of falling you know off of our of our paths and with that we healed together you know we found her we kind of re we rejuvenated together and, and, and just, just i guess we're re-inspired as a result of it and because of this i wrote two more pieces of music one called healing hearts appropriate of course and then the last one i wrote and because i wrote lots of music that's still very very much influenced by you know the spiritual guidance but the last one i wrote that was our because of the angel piece is called paradise found and those two pieces of music are very very bright very beautiful very illuminating pieces of music so i'd be happy to send you those three tracks if you if you want to hear those and that that they did they came directly through my experience with this beautiful angel being but the second two pieces of music were very much done very existentially Uh, meaning I didn't hear, I didn't have an auditory experience with it, it all came through, you know, the spiritual part of our being, and then that came to the fusing of our energies, and essentially this is what came out as a result of of our energies being, um, I don't want to say combined, but infused together as as, as moments as we are one together, this is what we created together.
0: I'm hoping that you'll share it to YouTube or put it somewhere where we all as the audience can listen collectively, because if you just send it to me, there's, I'm going to get a thousand emails asking me to forward it, so... <laughs> maybe i'm happy
1: to send the track in its current form but until i have a chance to get into an actual studio and hear it the right way where i can mix and master it the right way um, i'm happy to share it the way it is it sounds all right it doesn't sound bad it'll sound decent and and hopefully people that hear it they enjoy it i mean Mm -hmm. i I share music with people all the time and it sounds good enough that you can still listen to it on on a decent sound system it sounds all right you can still enjoy it uh, but it's not going to go on youtube or any of the streaming services until i I don't have the money right now that's just the biggest thing you know i'm looking forward to a point where you know part of this path is you know we're in a monetary society we're in a capitalistic society and money is part of this experience so that's part of it i'm still working out and and hoping you know as, as this path continues to build um, this information, it all gets out there. That you know, that part of it's there, so that I can go and do what I need to do, and eventually have a studio in home that I can just have hours and just sit and work on my own in home studio and be able to just. I have already, I have over forty pieces of music. I would love to just be able to get all of those pieces of music out because they all have their place that need to get out into the world for sure. Because it's all part of the lifting up and part of the story of, hey, listen, anything is possible in this life if you just really give yourself a chance and give this life and give this journey a chance. Uh, but in the meantime if somebody wants to hear the tracks i can send the mp3s to you like i like i said i'll send you the me- the music and if anybody else wants to hear it i'm happy to share with you you know you just be in it just won't be in a, in a fully mastered form yet but but it, but you can still hopefully enjoy it and get a sense of you know what i'm talking about and what i've been doing
0: all right and and once you do finally put it out there send me the link like to Spotify or iTunes or oh, wherever yes, your, your music is and i'll go add it to this video you know in the description as well as you can come during my saturday night live stream it's kind of like a call in radio show but with video and you can come remind everybody hey i finally produced my music and you can find it on Spotify or wherever
1: sure sure yeah, yeah, I would be happy to. You know, when that time comes, I will definitely be happy to do that. You know, um, I look forward to getting this music out to the world, and 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 again, I hope at least it touches a lot of people and, and and ripple effects out there to have a profound impact. You know, my goal, again, is, as a near death experiencer, is I, I I hope I can touch the whole world somehow. I hope I can, by the time I'm taking my last breath and I'm, I'm going home, you know, finally going home, um, that that my work can hopefully change the world for the better in some way something that I like to talk about in my present one of my presentations or a couple of my guess, is the worldwide renaissance you know Europe you know coming out of the middle ages experience a renaissance that was like this kind of like this big awakening that it just went through where you know medicine spirituality music science all this stuff and not to say that it wasn't already starting to happen it wasn't going on but also it seemed like you know all of a sudden boom it just just exploded and I feel like the whole world can, can can do the same thing. I feel like somehow, some way, I don't have those answers right this second, but I hope somehow, some way I can play my part. And I know you, Jeff, and everybody that's listening to this and, and anybody that's out there writing their books and putting those positive, loving, mes- positive, loving messages out to the world. Somehow we can spark that worldwide renaissance where everybody's kind of just something happens and just all those people that are filled with hate right now, the vitriol and all the, the politics and the wars and somehow, some way we can snap ourselves out of this, pull ourselves out of this, because just somehow collectively, we just have this big epiphany. And the, and, and again, it's this whole worldwide renaissance t- takes place. And this po- takes this whole world, not just pockets of us, because there's definitely pockets of people that are waking up all over the place. But it needs to happen on a worldwide scale, so that we can all be set free, we can all be free to be the best at what we choose to be in this life. And, and, and in the process, you know, raise each other up,
0: all right, Rex, after watching this podcast, people may want to reach out to you and ask you questions, and maybe it would be better if they just ask you directly to get you know, a sample of your music. Are you up for that? And if so, how can they reach you?
1: I am. I mean, because you know, I only have so much energy in a given day with, with the TBI and whatnot, I am, I'm up for it. It might take a, you know, a few days or something to get back, but I always get back and I always respond. Um, so I'm happy. If you want to email me, um, for the music, um, and, and you know, Jeff and I talked about this earlier. I also do presentations as well, but my email is my name. It's Rex Fimfgeld, Very simple, just Rex Fimfgeld at gmail.com.
0: Right. You have any? So things- I'm sure the
1: spelling of my name will be in the, hopefully the podcast uh, title or something. <laughs>
0: right. Do you have anything else that you're working on that you want people to know about?
1: As I mentioned earlier, I do have a book that's out. It's available on, on Amazon. Um, it's both in paperback or Kindle, and, um, I, and I would appreciate it if you, if you if you want to take a look at my story. It's basically is it like I can consider it a spiritual autobiographical self-help book that's that's inspired by my near-death experience? It's not so. It's not just about my NDE, but it's also about the transformation. I talk about my life before, and I talk about my life since, and you know, the impact that the NDE has had on me, and in it, getting into some of the profound um, revelations that I've had from the NDE as well, um, and, and talking about my visions and my hopes for the world. Um, I also have um, something again, I'm, I'm trying to you know, find ways that I can you know generate some income. I have a store, uh, uh, an online store on Red on Redbubble, it's Redbubble.com called gravity.life. Although Redbubble doesn't allow things like dots and periods or whatnot. So if you go to go to redbubble.com, you got to type in gravity dot life. Um, go to my store. It's basically all these quotes and sayings that come out of my books. Come out of my presentations. It's all meant to be uplifting, positive, and my whole idea is like, in fact, my 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 catch if you will, that the Logan is, "What do you dream about?" And so it's based on dreams, and it's putting positive messages out to the world, and that's what all my quotes and all my designs are 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 are, are all about. So go check out the stores. The holiday shopping season. Um, there's t-shirts, there's hoodies, there's stickers, um, tapestries. There's, I mean, it's it's just. There's dozens upon dozens of products that you can choose from. So, and I, I say this, there's something for everybody on there, whether it's for yourself or if it's for a gift for somebody else. And um, if you're in Denver, uh, my band, is, I have a new project called Naga. Um, I don't use my original music in Naga, um, it's, it's a separate project called Simply Rex. I just go by Simply Rex for my original music. Um, but if you're in Denver, we play a really beautiful, really cool venue um, that's in, in Washington, in the Washington Park neighborhood called the Molecule Effect. What a great name. Perfect for somebody like me, but the, the venue's called the Molecule Effect. Uh, corner of Alameda and Logan um, but we were out there every Saturday from 4 till about 7 30 p.m and uh, it's a beautiful musical experience we have some good crowds that, come, that are coming out there um, so we got the music I also do spoken word performance so I usually do at least one spoken word piece during during the during the show um, so come on out and visit us and say hello it'd be uh, it'd be wonderful to see you and uh, shake your hand give you a hug if you're open to it um, I'm, I'm a hugger so if you're open to a hug I, I love to hug um, but um, yeah i I think uh, as the music starts to come out, I'll be happy to let you know. Um, like I said, Simply Rex is what I go by as a solo artist. Um, New Year's Eve, we got a fantastic event going on that was a beautiful, again, beautiful gallery. It's called Lumonics Sound and Light. It's literally an art gallery that's all based in light. The artists create all this art that's all light art. It's so beautiful, so unique, and you just see this anywhere else. So it'll be a very beautiful, very intimate event. Tickets are being sold online. You can find me on Facebook. Just find me, Rex Femfgeld, and I can send you links to the event uh, if if you want to come check that out. So um, start the new year off in the right way. Set those intentions and love and and building and growing for a better world, a better being, better person, and a better world.
0: What's the title of your book?
1: Oh, yes, that would help, wouldn't it? (laughs) My title of my book is appropriately titled My Experiment with Gravity. It is not so much because of my theories on gravity, because it's because after I fell, just talking about, I never called it an accident. And, and, and because I, the saying I fell was so anticlimactic, I used to joke about, my friends also joked about, hey, Rex, how are you doing since your experiment with gravity? And we would joke about that. So when I was coming up with a title for my book, I thought that was a perfect title. So it's called My Experiment with Gravity. Um, but yes, My Experiment with Gravity, like I said, you can find it on amazon.com and both paperback or Kindle.
0: Rex, before we finish up, can you leave us with one last positive message?
1: The dreams really do come true, and I, I, I'll even say a couple of things. I guess as you sit your assholes and get me under my quotes, but the more of us that are living in the living our dreams, the, the more of us that are living the life of our dreams, the closer we come to living in the world of our dreams. And as I say in my book, if some part of my story can help you with some part of your story, then goal accomplished. And I'll leave it at that.
0: Rex, thank you for those messages, and thank you again for being my guest.
1: Thank you, Jeff. It's been a pleasure. It's been wonderful talking with you you're, you're amazing you're a, a, i can tell you're a light beautiful soul yourself and just and thank you keep doing the great work that you're doing as well much appreciated
0: thank you thanks for watching the jeff Mara podcast i really appreciate you another way to show support is through YouTube memberships and if you do there are loyalty badges and other perks depending on your level of membership all you need to do is click the join button underneath the video to find out more thank you for your support